it's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing down at Nevada Speedway on August 5th, so get down there and check them out. We got a lot going on today, folks. A lot. We've got Jason Martin, who's picked up 10 wins this year. Um, not all of them with the ASCS, but he's got seven wins with the ASCS National Tour. And uh, we're going to have Jason Martin on today. Chase Rodman uh, is going to join us as well. And Trenton Berry. So, how you doing, Kirk? You doing all right? I'm doing great. I had a busy, busy race weekend. Yeah. Well, you know, you you went up there to the Indy race, right? I did. Saw two Indy car races. Uh, the races at Knoxville on Saturday night, and before that, the weekend started with a, a race up at US 36 Raceway, where they had eight classes of racing that I didn't get. I didn't get to stay to the end of it. But, you, uh, you, you didn't get to stay to the end of it because ran too late. They ran too late, and and, and some people were saying that they didn't get home until 3:45 in the morning. Yeah. If I would have waited that out Friday night. I wouldn't have gotten through the weekend of what I did. So, right. hey, I had to get some sleep. I'm an old man now. I had to I had to get some sleep or I wouldn't have lasted you're, the whole weekend. You're an old fart now, Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've got to say something about Marie. She always chimes in, and she always says, Hi, boys. Have a great time at the Grove. Um, Good morning. Good afternoon. Marie. Marie. She is she is definitely yeah the hardest core listener that we have. How exciting was that to see Rico win his first race at Williams Grove? It, it was. It was pretty pretty interesting. Climbed the fence and even got into it with the it, beer it, gang it, out there. He went over there into turn three, got out of his car, and went up and climbed the fence in front of the uh, Beer Hill gang that over there. That was cool. That was really Love cool. Love that. Yeah, that was really awesome. So, I mean, he's won now at Knoxville, Eldora, and Williams Grove now. He's checked Williams Grove off his uh, list now, so he's won at all three of those places. How about old Bill Baylog picking up back-to-back wins? How about that? And the All-Stars. Yeah. And we're going to see the All-Stars this uh, coming weekend. This They're Friday night. I-70 Motorsports Park on Friday night. Bill Baylog is on a two-race winning streak right now after right. winning on Saturday night at Spoon River and uh, last night at Red Hill Raceway. I I, I think that uh, I'm probably going to go to Knoxville on Saturday, probably. And I was there this saturday night so yeah you should go this saturday i won't be i'm there probably week, gonna but... take the motor home up there this weekend we could have used it up there a week early <laughs> it, it, kirk it wasn't ready it wasn't ready yet it wasn't ready well, to go but it'll be up there for the for the duration through the uh, I, 360 nationals i'll and be the Knoxville i'm nationals. gonna be up there all two weeks yep um, 
I'll join you up there a couple of times during that stretch. I won't be up there the whole time. You know, what I really enjoy a lot about going to the Knoxville Nationals is all the people that you see up there. Yeah, it's great. It's kind of like... It's kind of like a a gathering of sprint car fans. Would you agree with that? Oh, Kurt? I, yeah, I love it. I've been going to Knoxville as long as I can remember. So, right, yeah, you meet old friends that you, you haven't seen for a while, and you had to bring that up as long as you can remember. As long as I can remember, right? Uh, I had a good time up there this past Saturday night. They had a good crowd up there. Blackjack, Saturday night. Blackjack, Brian Brown picked up his sixty fifth win up there, didn't he? Sixty five. He's got forty seven to go. Yeah, to tie Danny. What did I tell you? He's going to do it. Danny was up there helping uh, Dusty Zomer, who had some issues up there. But, you know, it didn't look like Brownie was going to be able to pull it off. He finished sixth in his heat race. And How did uh, he start up front? I don't know how they do that up there. But he started on the outside of the front row, and he led wire to wire in a race car that is different than the one he's won in previously this year. This is... The same race car that he crashed in the Capitani a year ago. Right. And uh, they brought it out. Chad Morgan said, let's uh, let's take this car up there. And after the heat race, Brian said, I don't think that was a good decision to make because he didn't think he had a right. fast enough race car. But in the feature event, he, uh, he looked pretty strong. Austin McCarl has had a rough week, hadn't he? I mean... Yeah. He, he, he's leading up there at uh, 34 Raceway. 34 Raceway. And then he ends up running third. And then last night he ends up running second. You think he's got a couple little bruises on him, Kurt? Yeah. Uh, but he's, you know, if, if he's thinking straight, he's thinking about that pole position he won at the Nationals last year. And he's still got uh, a strong enough race car that he can uh, rejuvenate some confidence just by thinking back uh, how he did at Knoxville last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, Austin had uh, had a fairly decent finish on uh, Saturday night up at Knoxville, but uh, it just wasn't quite there. He did win at Knoxville last week. Uh, Brownie was out in uh, Eldora Speedway, so it's not like he hadn't won for a while. Right. So, you know, but, uh, that, that had to be a disappointing no finish to that race at 34 on Friday night. For you sure. know, when we were up at Eldora, we pitted right next to Bill Baylog. You say we pitted. I, I said uh, you were Bla- Blake Hahn. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was kind of helping Blake Hahn a little bit. kind of helping Blake. Yeah. I, I didn't do too much, just to be honest. Just kind of a go, being a gopher? No. Uh, me personally, I'm not a mud scraper. I like to be on the technical side of things. I like to know what's going on with the tires, the temperatures, the spacers, and how many turns you put into it, what kind of bar you run on it. That's the things that I'm interested in more than anything. Did Blake not race this weekend? Didn't see his name out I, there. I didn't see him race anywhere this weekend. Now, I'm not sure he did race. But he'll be back in it uh you know, be up there at Knoxville for sure for the uh, 360s and the and the 410 Nationals. Wow. I would imagine he's going to run both those events, is he not? What's that? I'm assuming that uh, Blake Hahn will race both the 360 and the 410 Nationals. 
I, I think he would, yeah. So we'll check that out. Yeah, looking forward to this coming weekend. The uh, All-Stars at I-70 Motorsports Park on Friday night, and, Saturday night. And Knoxville. Be at Knoxville. So, but yeah, I was really impressed with the with the fan turnout at Knoxville on for a weekly show. They had a good crowd on Saturday night, right? And good racing. Aaron Reitzel won the three sixty feature. Aaron Reitzel is a pretty damn good driver, just so you know. He is the defending three sixty nationals winner, so he'll try to make it two in a row this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, you know. I spent a lot of time around Aaron Reitzel back in the day. You know that, right? Yes, you did. ASCS, uh, former multi-time ASCS champion. 2015 champion. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was a factor out at Eldora Speedway. He was. Yeah. Until the uh, the million-dollar race where he got sideways and collected uh, Larson and some others. Spencer Baston and Geo Selzy and Lucky McHugh got involved in that. Uh, Marie says, big announcement, Jacob Allen and Lance DeWeese. I'm I'm pretty shocked. Uh, fill me in on that, Marie. What's going on there? Jacob Allen announced that he's stepping out of the race car for a while to spend more time with the family. He put out a statement on that on Saturday night that Jacob Allen's not he, going to be driving that 1A car. Landon Myers stepped in and drove the 1A on Saturday night. So I don't know how long Jacob's going to be out of the race car, but it uh, sounds like it's going to be for a little while. Is, is Lance DeWeese going to run it? Well, I don't know. I haven't seen that announcement. Uh, Lance uh, or Landon Myers drove the car on Saturday night, but. They, they left it open of what the plans were to be after that. They, they just said Landon was just going to be in the car that one night. Now, I haven't seen the information about Lance DeWeese, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised. He, he carried the 39M car pretty good at, uh, at Eldora. Yeah. Lance, didn't have, Lance didn't have a real good night on Saturday driving the 69 car. He finished no. way back. no. Very surprised to see that. Yeah, me Not too. Not sure what kind of issues that they were having with Where do the you end up? Kreitz number 69 car. Uh, I didn't see what the final finish was of where he was, but he was way back in the field at the finish. He ended up 19th. Yeah. He started 22nd, ran 19th. That's not a very so good that's performance. That's not what you'd expect out of Lance DeWeese in the 69 car at Williams Grove Speedway. Yeah. A lot of good cars in that race, though. You think about Rico... David Gravel, Brent Marks, Spencer Baston, Justin Peck, James McFadden, Corey Elias, and Brad Sweet, Donnie Schatz, Freddie Raymer, Logan Schuhart, Giovanni Selzy, Steve Buckwalter, Carson Carson Macedo. Uh, you know, that was surprising. Macedo had to come out of the B main. He did. He, he, he started uh, 21st, and he ended up running 14th. Yeah. That's not what you'd expect to see, Carson Macedo in the B main. Well, and, and let's be fair, Lance DeWeese come out of the B main too, right? Yeah. And so did Robbie Price. Did do they take four out of the B? They took four out of the B. Four out of the B. Yeah. And Robbie Price is one of those four drivers that made it out of the B. And and, and Chase Dietz. 
You know, I, I, I'm I'm starting to kind of be a big fan of Devin Borden, to be honest with you. I think that kid's a pretty good, talented driver. He's not from Pennsylvania, but he's become a member of the Pennsylvania Posse, wouldn't you say? He's won a couple of races up uh, at Port Royal no, Speedway. No, 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 I, I would not say you gotta that. you got to be a PA native you got to be a, a PA native. Posse? you got to be a PA native to race in PA. I don't think that you can – I don't think they would adopt you if you're a, a PA driver. Am, am I wrong, Marie? Do they adopt drivers that come from other states? I don't believe they do that. Yeah, he just uh, – he fell one spot short, making it into the uh, A main from the B, but he got a local – uh, Williams Grove provisional race, so he was, uh, was able to start at the last, but he didn't didn't finish. You're right. Rico was pretty dominant, though, wasn't he? Yeah, but it looked like maybe David Gravel might have a shot at him there, a couple of times. Uh, right yeah, there, at the, right Rico at the, had to work for it at the end of the race. At the end of the race, right? He had to he had to work for it to hold off David Gravel. Brent Marks third, Spencer Baston fourth, and Justin Peck, who's been running pretty well here lately, finished in the top five. Kirk, would the uh, the race of the weekend be when Logan Schuhart wins, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Made that uh, on Friday night at Williams Grove Speedway for the Morgan Cup the, that was rained out back in May. Uh, made that move on Brad Sweetie went way high in turn four and then dipped low. He cut to under pass Brad Sweet at he, the checkered he, flag. He did the cutback and beat him at the line. What was that? Seventy one thousandths of an inch. Seventy one thousandths of a second. Seventy eight thousandths of a 78 second. Seventy eight thousandths of a second. Yeah. That was an exciting finish and the Man, first did, ever win for Logan Schuart at his. Well, I should say hometown, one of his hometown racetracks, Williams Grove Speedway. Right. That was his first win there, wasn't it? Yeah. But I, I, I got I to gotta feel that uh, Logan Schuhart, that was a thrilling victory for him because he was so far back at, uh, with two laps to go, nobody thought that he was going to win that win that race well sweet had such a big lead but after the race brad said that uh the wheel got packed full of mud and it right car vibrating vibrating so right. he backed off the throttle he was even wondering if he was even going to make it back to the checkered flag one of the other drivers i can't remember which one it was said that they saw his tire shaking they yeah. saw it he said it was vibrating really bad right so he backed off but he had a yeah, he had about a straightaway lead with about a lap to go. And, and he also said that he was getting a little wheel spin up off of two yeah. a little bit. He said he wasn't getting the forward bike that he was hoping that he was getting. So now we have a tie for the World of Outlaws points lead between Brad Sweet going for his fifth title and David Gravel. They are tied for the lead. And uh, Carson Macedo's, uh, he dropped little bit and differential but those three guys are the guys that are going to be fighting it out for the championship yeah david gravel brad sweet carson macedo carson macedo is 44 points back 
He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to pull up his bootstraps and, and get going here pretty but quick. He's still got a shot at it. He's still There's got a shot races at it. Left, but yeah. I think it's down to those three drivers. Um, I, I'm, I'm not gonna count out Logan Shuhart because he's been on quite a bit of a roll here lately. But if you're more, it, but than he's got to make up 212 points. That's if, a, that's, yeah, a, that's that's a major makeup right there. I think that's too much. Yeah, too much to make up. Yeah, but uh, Carson Macedo, who had a really good run of top two finishes there through Eldora, uh, didn't have quite the finishes that he was looking for at Williams Grove Speedway or BAPS the night before, Wednesday, Thursday night they ran. Uh, so this week, Carson Macedo a little bit off of what he'd been running uh, a couple of weeks prior to that, but he's in the hunt. And he's got plenty of time to uh, regain that performance that he had through Eldora Speedway and make a run at this title. You know who I'm a little surprised by? In 13th place in the point standings, James McFadden. Are you a little set back by that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, because he's won multiple races this year. He's, 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 at, at times, he's looked as good as anybody. But right. it, the consistency just hasn't been there for the 83 Roth. Right. sports car. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, to me, I, I've said this many a times, Kirk, but I think Casey Kane is really starting to come on as a driver in a sprint car. Have you, have you noticed that a little bit? Yeah, he's he's had some good He's runs. competitive. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but the problem is he's 15th in points and he's 2,026 points behind. Yeah. And he's hit and mess. He's not running all the World Outlaw races. So, yeah. You can't judge the points uh, just how he's been running. But he's had he's had some pretty good runs here and there. Yeah. Saw old uh, Buddy Kofoid up at Knoxville the other night. How, how'd he do? He, uh, he was running pretty well for uh, the time that I saw him out. I was just looking to see where uh, he ended up in eighth place after starting 11th didn't get as good a starting spot uh in the feature but uh he ended up in the top 10 eighth place you know uh aaron reitzel um he beat a couple really young and talented drivers chase randall and garrett williamson those two kids are really starting to come on as drivers aren't they kurt uh yeah chase randall had a pretty good run of wins up going up until Saturday night. He'd won uh, the last couple of wins at Knoxville and uh, finished second on Saturday night. Garrett Williamson third, Jamie Ball fourth, and Davey Heskin, who is uh, one of several drivers, double teaming it on Saturday night. Both 410s and 360s ended up in fifth after starting 13th. Uh, but Reitzel had that inside second row starting position work to his advantage, and it didn't take very long to grab the lead and uh, check out from there. But Randall and Williamson are two of the drivers that uh, are players week in and week out in the 360 class up there. And I would say all of those drivers have got a pretty good shot at that 360 right. crown coming up here in two weeks. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so we're going to have Jason Martin on here in just a few minutes. He's had a stellar year this year, hadn't he, Kurt? Ten feature victories. He had a good starting spot on Saturday night down there at 81 Speedway. Right. Well, they wait out a three-hour rain delay that, at 81. That was the I wasn't watching. Listen, 
that's just proof that just proves to you that um Terry Maddox isn't going to give up. We've well, had too many rainouts already. Right. The previous weekend was a complete washout. And then they got rained out at Rush County on Friday night. They would have had four straight rainouts had they got wiped out on Saturday night. So, yeah, Terry Maddox and everybody, they're going to do their best to try to get it in a show. Because they don't have, they're not back in action now until the 360 Nationals. Yeah. Terry's one of my favorite promoters, just so you know. So, yeah, the wet Mother Nature not cooperating with the ASCS National Tour yeah. here lately. No doubt but about they, it. They did get the show in on Saturday night, so that's good. All right. So we're going to take a break here real quick. Uh, Mostly Motorsports is brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They're going to be racing down at Nevada on August 5th, so get down there and check them out. We're going to take a break right here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. 
When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing spark car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing down at uh, Nevada Speedway on August 5th. And joining us now is a guy that has just been on fire. Jason Martin joins us now. Hey, hey Jason, how you doing, bud? Oh, we're doing good. A buck says. Uh, we're doing pretty good. Not as good as you. You've got seven wins in ASCS. Where, where'd the other three wins come from? Uh, the Nebraska 360 Sprint Series. They have the Malvern Bank Series up here. We tried to hit a few of them early on in the season whenever there were some off weekends. Yeah, yeah. So at, at just you're leading the points right now. Um, you, you've got a pretty good point lead. So and, and it looks like it's coming down to you and Matt Covington. Doesn't it look like it? Yeah, I mean – I mean, it's a long season yet. I think there's still 15 races, so you can you can step on it pretty bad here pretty quickly. So just Matt's going to be obviously the one that's right there close. And as long as we keep doing our job and, and having decent runs, I think it'll play out at the end of the year. We just got to keep doing that. Yeah. Did you feel like going into this season that you had a chance to win the championship this year? Yeah, no doubt in my mind. Um, last year I felt like we – we learned a lot as far as how to race for points. And this, this is kind of really one of the first times that I've ever decided, you know what, I'm just going to go try to race and win a championship. Usually we just go race to win races. And if we didn't like the rain chances, we stayed home. And if we didn't like the racetrack, we stayed home. So um, there's been a, a little bit of learning last year. And I was pleased with our results from last year. I, I felt like we should have been a, one spot better anyway in the points. But we just we had a run through the middle of summer that we just weren't any good. And I'm hoping that we can prevent that this year and, and, and stay up here in the point lead. Right. Hey, Jason, congratulations on the win the other night. You and Matt Cummington started up front. Boy, you had to wait out a long rain delay. How tough is that? That that was a long one, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't too bad. I mean, we got really lucky. The storm came in, and I thought, well, we're done. 
but the the radar literally just dissipated just right north of town and the track just sprinkled it it, it got enough moisture in the air and and made the track wet that the track crew did a really good job getting that thing rolled back in and prepped back up to where we could at least have a decent race uh, i was worried that it was going to be just hammered down and rough and it ended up being really fast but at least it was not rough and we didn't tear up a bunch of race cars so but yeah it was a little long, a little long but you know get one in than not you know that track has changed since they put that wall in it you don't race it quite the same do you no, they change the shape of the track. The, the wall changes the the way that it races, and they've done a really good job. The whole crew there's done a really good job with the racetrack and the facility, and and just the people there are really open to having us. And uh, I enjoy going to racing there. I've always liked racing Wichita, but um, it's getting better and better every time I go there. Yeah. What I mean, you've had pretty good success at white places like Waikini and other. Event. What is your favorite racetrack? Uh, anything that's slick and has a little crummy cushion that I can get the wing back and I can actually drive the race car and not just stand on the hammer and go fast. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. It, it, it. There's nothing worse than a hammer down track when it's really narrow, right? There's nothing worse than that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's for one, I'm a money guy. Like I look at everything as an expense. I, I treat everything as if I own everything myself. And mm-hmm. those kind of racetracks are just hard on motors. They're hard on equipment. You end up beating and banging, trying to get by a guy. It just, it's never really good racing for the fans. It's never good for car owners, but I get it. It happens. You know, there's nights where we get rain or there's nights where they just can't get enough water on it. And the tracks just don't take rubber. It's just part of it. But, the ones that are the good ones are the ones that you want to go back to and have right. good races and you have a lot of fun doing it. So uh, are you looking forward to the Jesse Hockett Daniel McMillan Memorial? I always look forward to Wheatland. Um, it's one of those racetracks that's the same. You know, you, there might be stages throughout the night where the track's narrow, might be dominant on the top or might be hammered down on the bottom, but at the end of the night it's always usually a pretty good race. and I feel like we have a pretty good package to go and run there. And uh, I'm looking forward to this year. I feel like our confidence is up quite a bit more. Um, I'm really comfortable with our program that we have going on. And our motors are running really good. So those times when the track is heavy, we can we can get through the racetrack and, and hopefully make progress. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the hockey. What, ki- what kind of motors are you running? Don Ott's, uh, a really good friend of mine, Adam Kofers, working up there at Don Ott. And um, he's making sure we got our, our stuff rolling pretty good. We've got a couple of different combinations that we've tried throughout the year. And, um, we've been really, really fortunate with engines. They run really well and we've had very little problems. The, the, the Donaut name is a legend in sprint car racing. And that, that's a great motor to have, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a, Don's a really good guy. He's been around a long time, very knowledgeable. And obviously, whenever I have a really good friend that's working there, assembling the motors and taking care of me on dynoing, uh, it goes a long way. It's just a relationship deal. And I try to maintain relationships and, and build them up. And it helps our team. It helps everybody. Right. Uh, Jason, I'm looking at the uh, schedule right now. I see uh, from a points perspective, uh, you don't really have uh, anything coming up uh, until 
about a month from now at Lakeside and Salina High Bank Speedway. Of course, we got Knoxville 360 Nationals. You're going to be up there running mm-hmm. that event? Yeah, it's a show-up points-only race at Knoxville, so we have to go no matter what just to get the points. But, um, yeah, then we have a little bit of a break and regroup a little bit, take some time off. I'm going to spend some time with the family, and we'll get hitting it hard here at the end of August and knock the rest of the season out. Yeah, because after about the 25th of August, it is hammered down right through for the next two months, isn't it? Not a, not a break. Yeah, I think it's pretty much every weekend there. And they're all big events, too. They're not like it's just a – I think there's a couple, a new track, the Arrowhead that we go to. But most of all of them are, you know, the the new short track nationals or Devil's Bowl or the, the Hockett at Wheatland. And, um, they're all big events, so they always draw a bunch of big car counts. And that's going to be the, the determining factor is how can Matt or myself race when there's a lot more park car count and, and better quality cars. So we just got to be at the, at the top of our game and do our job. And when it plays out at the end of the year, see how it plays out. Sad to see I-30 Speedway go with the short track nationals. But it's got a new home now, Texarkana 67 Speedway. How do you see that uh, for the new home for the short track nationals? Well, I mean, there, I think there's still some bloodline that's that's carried over, you know, with with Tracy Clay and Tim Crowley and, right. and him and his wife have been taking care of that racetrack down there. I, I don't see it being a whole lot different. I think Tim's going to do a really good job at getting the racetrack the way it needs to be for it to have a good race. And unfortunately, they've been getting a bunch of rain out. So hopefully the rain stays away that weekend. But um I expect it to be a good time. I mean, I really do. Right. First, first weekend in October, that's going to be happening. Right. So that uh, did did you ask him if he was going to run the 360 Nationals? Yeah, you did. Yeah, he's going to be up there. That show up points only at Knoxville. So yeah, how do you feel I, about I, Knoxville? How I, do- I I don't like the show up point thing. Do you? I don't. I mean, it's one of those things where if if they're going to make us be there, you might as well give us points if we do good and if you don't do good well you should have been better but i also understand that it's not the same format and so on and so forth but and i think there's i'm not even sure that we get points at the hockey because it's a different format and short track nationals kind of used to be the same way so right there might even be a few of these that are just show up points only but we're going to be there anyway because they're big paying races so it's unfortunate but um that is do you feel like you got a chance up there at the 360 Nationals? I don't know. I mean, you never know. That's it's a, all about two laps of qualifying in Knoxville. Right. I it's, mean, I feel I'm very confident. I mean, I'm, my car owner's been begging me to go to Knoxville and try and test some stuff, and I'll probably wish I would have. But, you know, we race so hard throughout the summer that when I do have a weekend off, I don't really want to go over there and race for 1500 to win at right. Knoxville and put more laps on our motors the experience would probably be a good thing but we have a good package over there we usually do really well when we do go race there it's just going to be how you qualify yeah it all depends on what you draw how you qualify and if you can get through the heat race you know typically there's enough cars there that yeah there might be 60 70 80 cars but in your heat race you only have one fast guy or two really fast guys right right it's just that's the way I try to go into viewing those things. It's not like I yeah, there's a hundred cars. Yeah, but 
you might have one fast guy in your heat race. you got to figure out how to beat that guy. Right, no <laughs> doubt. Know? I think so. what you said is key to the equation. It's all about qualifying. And if, if you don't qualify well, then you get back in the back of a heat race, and then you have to work your way up through that heat race. That puts you in a yep. tough spot, doesn't it? Yeah, even if you do work your way through the heat race, I mean, you got to be really good in your heat race to make up for the amount of points that they give you for qualifying because it pays as much to win quick time as it does to win the A feature that night. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of – I don't like the format just because it puts so much on qualifying, but I do feel like because ASCS has changed their format and we have been qualifying for the last two years – it's gotten me a little more acclimated to trying to make the car go fast for two laps or one lap, where typically my race cars just don't work well early on in the night because mm-hmm. I like to be good in the feature whenever it's slick. And I've really had to adapt a lot of things to be able to go fast early because it's so important. And I think that those changes that we've made, I don't see why we won't be you know, competitive at Knoxville. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm expecting to go win the thing, but I have the confidence that if I get put in the right situation, I can win it, no problem. Yeah, no doubt about but, um, that. That's just part of it. You know, the the, the the whole thing about qualifying is is that you, you, it puts you so far behind the eight ball if you don't qualify good. That's that's yeah. the key to it. So you're going to sit yeah. at home this weekend? Or what, are you going to race on it all this coming weekend? Actually, my father-in-law is turning 70, so we're going to take a family vacation and go down to Oklahoma and spend some time with him and cool. regroup a little bit, just um, take a breather, and we'll be ready to go next Thursday at Knoxville. Talk about the guys you have helping you work on this race car. Yeah, so Kirk Reinert's come along um, middle of the year last year, end of the year last year he came along. I've raced against Kirk for quite some time. He's He's been a crew chief on race cars in the Midwest here. He's been on the road with Hafferty, and, and he, he's a good dude. He's came along to help kind of with the race car and make sure that everything's good to go. Um, Kirk does a really good job at helping me, you know, make sure that I'm staying level key as far as what I need to do setup-wise and, and make sure that I make the right decisions on the car. So he's been with me every night. He goes every night to every race, and then, Obviously, my biggest sponsor and car owner, DJ Bybee, he comes as much as he can. He's from Wichita, and he he travels to as many of the races as he can as long as he can get away from his business. And obviously, we want him to be making that business go so we can have racing funds. But um, he's he's been a really good friend of mine and a huge supporter, not just financially, but just as a person. He's a really good friend, and uh, those are the kind of guys that I like to like to have around they're just really good at making sure that you're mentally in the right place and and you're got the right goals in mind and and how you're going to achieve those so um, obviously help at the racetrack is always is a tough thing it seems like we can't get young kids to come out and, and go racing on the road anymore but my youngest son Reese he's kind of stepped up to the plate he's 15 and this year he decided he was just going to go racing every weekend. He wants to wants to take on more responsibilities, so he's been working his tail off. He works all week during the summer. He works at the shop cleaning the trailer and helping me do maintenance and mountain tires. And he's been a huge help 
and an asset to the team. And he's just going to get more and more the more experience he has. So I really appreciate his hard work. Is, is he the future of your of your race team? You think? It someday will you think he'll be a sprint car driver? You know, we uh, we got him a go kart a few years ago, and actually both of my sons raced go karts for a year or so in the cage kart class up here at like Eagle Raceway. We just didn't like the way go kart racing was ran. We didn't like the things that they were teaching them, the how the driving styles, and so I sold them. I just said we're done. Right, and uh, I decided I was going to buy a micro. So I built a, a new Stallard SST, nicest of nice, and just that's the way I do things. Right. And we went to go buy in motors, and I was like, you know what? This is stupid. I'm not going to spend ten grand on a micro and go race for 150 to win. Right. The mo- so the sold- motors and micro racing are so expensive right now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we sold the micro, and I told him, look, dude, whenever you turn 16, if you can come up with enough funding and, and supporters just like I've had to all these years and you work hard at learning how to work on the cars and, and how to set them up and how to make sure that your sponsors are happy and you do everything right with grades, then we'll go sprint car racing. And he keeps telling me, well, you're not going to let me do that until you're done. and i've told him you know i've told my wife i've told him i've told everybody that the day comes that i can't win a sprint car race in one year then i will walk away yeah how it is so fortunately we've been winning a bunch of races so i can't quit now right how many races did you win last year i couldn't even tell you to be honest we we ran we won the, the the last um ASCS race, but we won four or five or six in between throughout the year with other series. But um, we just won the one ASCS race. We were really close a lot of times, but we just never could finish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday night at Knoxville, do uh, you rather run the first of the two qualifying nights at the 360 National? I'll see you on Thursday night. Yeah, I don't really have a preference. I mean, again, like I said, yeah, you might have. 50 cars on a night, but when you look down at the end of it, you only have to race one or two good guys in a heat race. So I don't really have a preference. Let's just get it over with, and we can relax on Friday and spend some time enjoying the weekend and see how it goes Saturday. Yeah. Well, Jason, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports, man. We really appreciate it. Hey, did you see Rico go up and do the fence climb the other night? Got it. I did, I did. I was driving home the other night, and my son showed me that. Yeah. He's a he's a really good dude at uh, selling his brand, and he does a good job at that. And I wish I could be a little better at that times. But um, speaking of that, I need to make sure and, and thank some of my sponsors to make sure that those guys are happy, too. So, yeah, go ahead. Like I said, Bybee Electric there in Wichita, he's obviously a huge supporter of ours. Um, Rezac Concrete here in Lincoln. Trucks Plus at Omaha, those guys are huge supporters of ours and making sure that we have the finances to go up and down the road, and not to mention all of our, our manufacturers. We have, obviously, Chenet chassis. I'm going to continue to go with Chenet since the EMI deal closed down, and Brian's always been the guy that I go to when I want my race cars right, and uh, we're going to continue to use those. Um, factory cane shocks with 
Mike Schur over there at SBS Suspension. He's been a, a really good friend of mine for years. He used to help me whenever I was on the outlaw tour. and We've um, built a really good relationship, and I've been messing around with playing with some of his shocks here recently, and they've been doing a good job, and I've been pleased with how those work. So um, everybody else, like I said, Don Odd Engines is flawless every night, so we can't um, complain about that. Uh, Shnay is uh, moving to Kansas City. He's got uh, hooked up with Lawson out here building a new uh, facility out by I-70 Motorsports uh, Park. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's um, it sucks that they're moving away from Lincoln because now I can't just get on the road and get something done. But right, um, I'm, I'm glad to see that Brian Brian got something put together to do um, to be able to build race cars and build high quality race cars. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing what they can build there at their race shop and uh, get down there and get a couple cars picked up this spring. Yeah. Okay, Jason. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. We can't thank you enough for doing so. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. So again, they'll be racing down at Nevada on August 5th. Jason, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you doing so. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. We'll see you around. All thank right. you, Jason. Congratulations. We'll, I, I think he's going to win this championship this we'll, year. We'll see, you at, we'll see you at Lakeside. Yeah. All right. We'll do. Thank All right. you. There you have it. Jason yep. Martin. 66-point lead right now. Over Matt Covington. Yeah. He's going to win that title. You think? I think so. Don't ever count out Matt Covington. I'm just going to tell you, Matt Covington has been a, a, a veteran of this series for many years. And... All it takes is a little bad luck for one guy to have a, a, a little bit. They got 15 races left, right? And Covington's already had his bad luck, right? He's had he's had some. He's bad, had plenty of bad luck. He's had plenty of bad luck this year. So yeah, there's uh, there's plenty of time for him to make it happen. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, more of mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, 
we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in a non-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I'm in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supplies. Again, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They'll be racing down at Nevada on August 5th. So, just so you know what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, they're going to be giving away a 2023 Z06 with a Z07 performance package. It's a pearl white metallic tricoat color along with $25,000 in cash to help you pay for the taxes. This car makes 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. That's just like uh, our, our, our buddy right now that's going to be joining us on the show. How would you like to be able to go from 0 to 60, Chase, in 2.6 seconds? Uh, that sounds like it'd be uh, maybe dangerous for somebody like me, but I would I would definitely enjoy it. 
Um, how, how can I win? Do I just got to buy a raffle ticket or something? How much are the tickets? Uh, what you need to do is you need to go to winaz06corvette.com, winaz06corvette.com, and you can buy your tickets right there. I don't think the car has been delivered yet, has it, Kurt? Not yet. I'm not sure we'll see that car. Until September, right? Yeah, because, that you know, it's a specially ordered car. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of demand for that. Right. But uh, Bob Baker told me the other night that they're beyond the pace of what they had for uh, raffle tickets, uh, what they were a year ago. So they're they're doing pretty good. As well, this as- is a very special car. Yeah. It, it's got an all-aluminum um, cylinder block in it. It's got the big... Uh, larger tires on it, the larger wheels, the big brakes on it. it. This is a true race car on the street, to be honest with you. And it, it's uh, I, li- I like how they pay for the taxes. That's pretty nice. Yeah, that's that's not a bad deal when they throw an extra twenty five thousand dollars in cash on you. But the, what's yeah, different? I'll have to get a ticket or two. Yeah, what's no. different about this year? They're not drawn at the last night of the Nationals. It's the week after, after. the Nationals, August nineteenth. Yeah, I think they're going to sell tickets. They uh, the new laws up there in Iowa, or the nationwide sweepstakes laws, is that six days ahead of when you draw, it's the end of the tickets. But I think they'll still sell tickets through Sunday, the day after the Nationals this year, and then draw for it Saturday the nineteenth. Right. Uh, let, let's get into uh, talking sprint car racing right now. How about Orico, man? He, he kind of put it on him the other night uh, with the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars, didn't he? Yeah, he had two good nights. Uh, obviously, finished third that, that first one, and that was uh, matched his best ever run at the time uh, at Williams Grove. And then the next night, uh, you know, pretty much uh, all but dominated, you know, uh, led all, all 30 laps. David made it somewhat entertaining, somewhat close there the last, uh, you know, seven or so laps and then kind of ran out of steam there towards the end. But, yeah, it was cool to see Rico finally uh, get the job done there at, at Williams Grove. And, uh, you know, we talk all week long about the, the posse versus the outlaws, and it was neither of them that ended up winning the big race. Right. Who do you think is the odds-on favorite to win the Knoxville Nationals? Who do you think, in your mind, I know this kind of puts you in a tough spot, but who do you think has the best chance to win the Knoxville Nationals? Um, well, that, that is a tough one because uh, we were supposed to race there four times this year, and we've only raced twice. Right. Um, so don't really have a huge sample size of the who's been super good there this year as far as all the national guys. But uh, obviously I feel like right now you can't, count out uh rico i feel like Shuhart might be the guy right now right uh he was obviously really fast at eldora um and then he was he's always been good at knoxville i remember one year he came from outside the top 20 in the nationals feature and finished second you know so uh won a prelim night there last year too so in my opinion i think Shuhart right now if i had to put my money on somebody is is the uh, odds on favorite at this point he's he's full of confidence right now in that, wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, the way he's been winning, he's just full of it right now. Yeah, I mean, got like I said, one on a half mile Eldora for a million bucks, and then just one on a half mile Williams Grove on Friday night in a, you know, dramatic style, but still was able to win uh, on two big tracks. And obviously, we all know Knoxville's a big track, and he's had success there in the past too. So, I think right now, 
Uh, if he can maybe get one more win before heading into Knoxville, that could be uh, a pretty good recipe. You know, he's been good at I-55, which is where we're at, not this weekend, but the next weekend. So we'll see. I mean, I guess the Capitani will be the real test to see who's who's going to be uh, in contention for the for the right, Saturday right. win. You know, it that that win that he had uh, with Brad Sweet that was an amazing victory, wasn't it? It was, you know, and it was kind of similar to the Saturday race. I was just kind of, you know, Brad. Actually, I mean, it was even. Uh, it wasn't quite the same. I mean, Brad had about a straightaway lead. I feel like for a majority of that race, and then. Um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't exactly a thriller by any means, but, uh, nobody remembers the race, you know, uh, from lap one or lap one on that one to lap 23. They remember the last two when Kumar was catching them and passed them barely at the start finish line. I don't know if you guys were watching the live broadcast or not, but I didn't even get to see what happened. You know, I, I climbed off the, uh, World Outlaws Command Center with like two two laps to go, and Brad was a full straightaway ahead, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna beat the crowd to victory lane, uh, and and get over there as quick as I can, and uh, I was almost to victory lane, and I heard Johnny in my headset say, and Logan Schuhart fo- pulls it off, and I was like, I didn't even see what happened. I had to watch the replay, but right. um, yeah, crazy stuff there at the end. Yeah, what did he say? Hit the cushion up there and packed the wheel full of. They didn't have a wheel cover on that car. Car what vibrating really bad he said. They're the wondering if he'd even make it to the checkered flag, Brad Sweet. What what did he tell you, Chase? Yeah, he said uh with two to go he hit the wall off of uh four and yeah, packed the wheel full of mud there on the right rear. So uh I've never obviously I've never driven a sprint car, I've never felt what it is like to have a right rear, you know, wheel full of mud, but obviously it's pretty detrimental to lose over a second and something, you know, lead in the last two laps. It must really affect the handling of the car. So, um, you know, it it was tough to see that for Brad, obviously, but at least the fans and everybody got a, a good finish out of it, you know, for, to make up for a race that was, you know, not exactly the, the most exciting. So um, made it made a, a good storyline there at the end and two hearts first outlaw win at Williams Grove and, uh, everybody, he had the the C and D rigging paint scheme on, and it was a it was mayhem down in Victory Lane, you know, that night. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. How about that move that you know, Short goes way wide in turn four, and then goes to the bottom, does the cut low, does the, the cutback cut back. to 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 get sweet there at the checkered flag. Talk about that move. He didn't see it, Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I later. was able to watch the replay. I mean, I was trying to gather as much information as I could from the, from the podium interviews. Cause uh, obviously, you know, I, I, from the infield there, it's hard to see anything really. I mean, I could see one and two pretty well, but three and four is another story. But yeah, after I went back and watched, I was like, man, I just cannot believe it's crazy to me to think that how much speed a guy can lose when his, when he's got that type of damage that Brad had, you know? So, right. um, yeah, quite the move. And I think, you know, even Schuart was, I feel like he was surprised, you know, he had, he was not expecting to win, and uh, that's what I told him in victory lane. It's just one of those deals where you, you never, you know, you're running second. You might be way behind, but you just never give up. You never know what's going to happen, and sure enough, it worked out for him. A uh, big win for Logan Schuart coming from Hanover, Pennsylvania. His very first win at Williams Grove. How special was that? Yeah, that was huge. Uh, you know, he, you know, lives, or I mean, his shop and everything not too far away from there, uh, and 
he had been close quite a few times. He ran second with the Outlaws on a handful of different occasions. And he won there a couple times, like a long time. He won with the All-Stars, I think, and he won a, a local show before he was a full-time Outlaw. So he would won there before, but obviously when you win with the Outlaws, it's a completely different story, and it's been quite a number of years since that last win there. So uh, big deal. And like I said, with the C&D rigging, that, that new sponsor, and you know that, that company's been on that car for a really long time. They had all of their – uh, the owners were all there, and a lot of people that worked there were hanging out and, and watching the race. So uh, it was a huge deal for him, and he was very, very excited, you know, when he climbed up on top of the on top of the car in victory lane. Obviously, it ain't a million-dollar win like he had a, a week before that, but it was still a huge deal, huge accomplishment for them to uh, finally conquer that place. Right. So you're going to Weedsport Speedway this weekend. Tell me a little bit about that racetrack. I'm not f- real familiar with it. Well, I'll tell you, it's, um, I think it's a place that should be on the bucket list for every race fan. I, it's one of the best facilities that we go to uh, every year. It, you know, we only go there twice, you know, one weekend, but I wish we went there more because it's just it's so nice. Everything there is, is like, up-to-date. It all seems like it's brand-new. Um, and the racetrack, in my opinion, is the most unique that we go to every single year. You could run turns one and two, 32 different ways, I think, and make up speed one way or another. Um, and it's always really, really, really slick. Obviously, it's a it's a big block track, and that's how those those guys like their tracks to be really slick like that. So um, requires a lot of throttle control, uh, very technical. Doesn't really build a, a cushion on the wall. It's, you know, the cushion, if anything, is maybe an inch or two high, so there's not really much to lean on. A lot of guys will bounce off the wall a little bit there, so – um it's one of my it's in the top five for my favorite tracks that we go to every year yeah and i think yep. it's it's very very highly underrated i feel like a lot of sprint car fans don't really like it because of you know how quote unquote slow they're going around there right uh, but in my opinion the slower they're going the better the racing is uh for most part so um i'm excited to get there it's a saturday sunday doubleheader this weekend isn't it yeah, that's. Uh, I think we did that last year, too. A little bit of a different – I don't know why they do that. I'm not really sure. But uh, it gives me a little bit of an extra day at home this week to hang out and uh, maybe go play an extra round of golf or something. But, um, yeah, fly out Friday, race Saturday, Sunday. Hopefully we can get a pretty good crowd on that Sunday show and uh, come on back Monday. And then we're right there for the, for the Nationals, man, one more weekend. How, yeah. How's your golf game? It's getting better. Uh, I played last uh, – what day was that? Remember which day that was, Ben? I don't know. It was like last week sometime I played right before I flew. Oh, I think it was Monday. Last Monday. So one week ago today, and I had four pars in a row. It was uh, wow. It was exhilarating. I never – yeah, I know. I don't. My record was two prior to that, so I got four in a row. Oh, and then after bad. that, everything absolutely shit the bed. So <laughs> – um, but it was still a really good, a good day. And when you can have a, have an accomplishment like that, it makes me want to come back and not, you know, hate my life the entire time I'm there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let's talk a little bit about Peebley, uh, I-55. Um, the night before the Ironman and then Ironman 55, uh, to me, I've never been to Peebley. But that place is just a, a giddy-up joint, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, I might sound like a broken record here, but I feel like that's a place also that needs to be on everybody's bucket list. I was talking to 
some people this weekend at Williams Grove, and they said, hey, we've never been anywhere outside of Pennsylvania, but we bought tickets, and we're going to, to Peavely for the Ironman. And I said, well, you're not going to regret that. Um, it is a completely different, you know, talking to those people in particular, it's a completely different style of racing than you're going to see here tonight at the Grove. So uh, it's elbows up throughout qualifying the heats and the feature. Uh, every, every race we go there, it seems like over the last two years, it's had a different surface. Usually it's, it's always fast, you know, it's, it's a high bank, small track. They're always going fast, but you know, we've seen it a couple of times over the last couple of years, it gets it really rough. Um, and sometimes it gets really slick and smooth, but, uh, it's every time you're there, it doesn't matter what the track's doing. It's, um, putting on a great race, 55 laps. I feel like it's one of the few tracks where you, where, you know, stamina does come into play, especially when it gets a little bit on the rough side. So, uh, also, it's 20000 to win. That's good. And I forgot wow. to mention that this weekend at Weeds for 20000 to win on Sunday, too. So um, that's, that's always good for the drivers. They always want to get up on the wheel a little bit more when the, when the pay's a little bit more increased, too. Yeah, keep your eye on Sheldon Hoddenshield when they go to Peebley. That's a place he always seems to do very well at. Hey, uh, Chase, uh, big news the other night. Uh, we talked about Logan Schuart, his uh, shark racing teammate Jacob Allen stepping out of the car for a while. What do you know about that? Yeah, that was quite shocking. Uh, the on Friday night, I was standing uh, by the by the you know flag stand kind of on the inside of the racetrack, but on the front stretch, and that's where they kind of have the drivers meeting. And I was talking to Jacob, and everything seemed normal. You know, him and I sat there to probably talk for twenty minutes, and everything was totally normal. Um, you know, he was saying something how he'd like to, you know, skip this weekend. You know, some guys just don't really like racing at the Grove, and I'd say Jacob's one of them. But um, he said, man, if I could just skip this weekend, come back for I-55 in Knoxville, that would be awesome. But, uh, you know, besides that, everything was fine. He was talking and seemed like he was enjoying everything. And then the next night, bam, he's not there. Landon Myers driving the car, and they put out that statement uh, that he's going to be stepping away for a while. So who knows uh, what that really means? Does he mean he's just going to skip – Saturday at Williams Grove and come back to Wheat Sport. Does that mean he's going to be gone for a few weeks? I'm right. not really sure, but I did hear uh, from – I cannot remember who told me, but they told me that Bobby Allen had told Bill Rose that he was, you know, talking about parking Jacob for a while because he just didn't really have the attitude that Bobby was looking for. Um, so I, got, I guess maybe that happened. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of all I know. The other question is who's going to be driving – this weekend because that car has got to stay on the road to get the benefits that they need. Um, will it be Landon Myers? Uh, will it be Lance DeWeese with the biggest news of the year potentially? Right. Uh, with him leaving the 69? I mean, who knows what who's going to be driving that car this coming weekend? It, the, the rumor that I get from the my fans that listen to this show up in Pennsylvania, we've got a lot of people that listen to Pencil, in Pennsylvania on this show, and it, it sounds like Lance DeWeese is going to be the guy. He, he didn't do a really? bad. Wow. He, he, he didn't do a bad job in the thirty nine M car at at Eldora, did he? No, and that's the thing, though. With I, I feel like you go from the sixty nine K to the thirty nine M. I feel like those two cars are set up completely different, right? The thirty nine yeah. M is designed to drive straight at the wall and never lift, right? The sixty nine K is designed to to run the middle, run the bottom, and, and have a you know an egg under the throttle pedal, right? And right. Lance gets in, and that's something he's not used to. But I feel like the 1A 
that's when we see Jacob shine the most, right? Is when it's slick and it's slow and it's a, you know, there's a good bottom to run. Um, and that's, I feel like maybe him and Lance have a little bit of similar driving style, you know? So, uh, I wouldn't be shocked, uh, if Lance was in the car, but I would also not be shocked if he wasn't. Cause I feel like those guys have been very, um, what's the word I'm looking for. They've, they've been, you know, very uh, committed, I'd say, to Landon Myers over the last couple of years. Whenever they bring out a third car, he's always in it. They called him to fill in at Williams Grove. So I don't know if Landon Myers has a full-time job. He's going to be able to take off all the necessary time to run with the Outlaws. I don't know. Uh, so I, I, it's going to be a big surprise who's in that thing this, this coming week. It's, it's either going to be Landon Myers, it's going to be Lance DeWeese, or it's going to be somebody that we have – we had no idea, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, just about as shocking as anything is watching Lance DeWeese in that 69 car start 22nd and end up 19th in the feature on Saturday he come, night. He'd come out of the B, him and Carson Macedo both, right? Yeah, Saturday was was crazy because qualifying, I mean, it was essential to go out early. Brad Sweet was quick time, and David Gravel was 11th quick, and he was a full second off the pace. Of, of Brad Sweet, and he was the final car to go out to qualify. So uh, the track fell off a cliff midway, not even midway through the qualifying session. So guys like Lance and Carson uh, not able to get a good time in there and come out of the B. And, you know, Lance both nights was starting deep in the field and wasn't able to really get up through there. So I don't know if they were just having an off weekend. I don't know if, you know, maybe the uh, this announcement was coming and Lance was kind of, you know, down in the dumps a little bit, knowing that this was maybe his last weekend. I don't really know. Uh, but uh, just not a good overall week, really, at all for the posse, I would say. You know, Marks was kind of the one guy that was up in the top ten every night, if you include uh, Baps on uh, Thursday. But, uh, you know, Freddie Raymer snuck in the top ten one night. I think Dietrich was in the top ten one night. But, really, the posse right now is not in a good spot, especially with this most recent news with Lance. You know, Macri's out on the road with the All-Stars. So the posse is, uh, uh, they have exploded in the wrong way here recently. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, who, who do you think is the best driver available that's not a World of Outlaw driver? I, you know, I I look at Devin Borden as one of those kind of guys that is really a, a talented driver. He's a young kid. He, he He's pretty aggressive the way he drives, but... Um, he ended up fifth in the B main the other night. So I, I, I don't know. Who do you think is the most talented driver out there that's not on the World of Outlaws tour? Well, um, man, that's that's a good question. I got one for um, you. Justin Peck. Yeah, Justin Peck. I, I mean, is he considered posse? I don't know if that's really i mean his team is obviously from there but he does do a lot of traveling you know so right. i would agree if if you consider justin peck posse which i personally don't then 100 percent he's the guy uh but i say the next guy is i mean i couldn't even really i mean macri's obviously the guy but he's not there anymore right and then it was probably lance now what the heck's he gonna be doing i guess the next one is probably dietrich but he hasn't even really had that good of a season neither I mean, Freddie Raymer is the winningest driver in the country this year, but whenever the Outlaws come to town, I mean, he falls apart, you know. So yeah, uh, they need some help, and they need it now, you yeah. know. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, Chase, man, I appreciate you taking the time every week to join us here on the show. We can't thank you enough for doing so. And you're uh, uh, just a, a class act in the way you handle your business. 
on the air, off the air, and we can't thank you enough for doing so. Thank you so much, buddy. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, take care, Chase. Safe travels. All right. There you have it. Chase Rodman joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. What what'd you think about that? Yeah, it's uh, all interesting stuff. Lance DeWeese and what's going on there. Anthony Macri, you know, that news that came out a couple of weeks ago. The, uh, there's a couple tri- rumors. I mean, there's that- a lot of things going on here. Jacob Allen stepping out of the car for a while. Man, there's just a lot uh, of stuff I, going it, on. It, if you read between the lines, it doesn't seem like the car owner was happy with Jacob Allen. Did you read that? That would be Grandpa. <laughs> right. not happy. So uh, uh, do, do you feel like that, that maybe that's not the case? I don't know what's going on. Uh, but there's a lot of drama behind the scenes. Listen, traveling up and down the road, as I know, I did it for 13 years traveling up and down the road. It gets, it, it, it gets tiring and it, it's really hard to do nonstop for, well, I did it for 13 years and it, it, it's tough. It, it is so tough to do that. And you're living with these people out on the road. It's that you get. You well, know, you, to, you know, that's the, the, that's, the, that's the thing that you miss the most is the people that you hang out with. You're with them all the time. You're with them. It, it's like a family. It is. You travel up and down the road with each other, and it's just like a family. The glamorous part is at the racetrack when you're racing. The non-glamorous part is the traveling and living like a gypsy out on the road. That's hard hard to do. Not everybody's uh, capable of doing that. It's not an easy life out there. Not Grandpa, but Dad, Kirk. Dad? It's Dad, not Grandpa. You said Grandpa. Jacob Allen's Grandpa is Bobby Allen, right? It's his dad's team. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Lonnie just told us that. Not Grandpa, but Dad. So Dad and Jacob were... Hmm. All right. Not getting along. Todd, you ready to go to break? All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Trent Barry is going to join us here on the show. We're going to be talking some USMTS racing, and it's all right here on Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They're going to be racing down at Nevada on August 5th. We'll be right back. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. 
Spirit Specialty Sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod M Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod M Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod M Supply is an assortment of Rod M's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod M Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodMSupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any, any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we are able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing down at Nevada on August 5th. So get down there and check them out. Joining us now on the show is our buddy from RacingDirt.com, Trenton Berry. How are you doing, Trenton? <coughs> Hey, another uh, another Monday. Glad to be with you guys. Yeah, man. We, we, we can't thank you enough for doing so. Um, so this was a pretty big weekend 
you guys had a 50 lapper, right? Yeah, yeah, Saturday night. It uh, wrapped up. It was 10 grand to win part of the North Iowa Fair, which they uh, they got some new people on their fair board up there. They did a really nice job with the fair uh, this year, too. I, I, hadn't, I didn't have anything to really compare it to, but I had a whole lot of people that were local to the area tell me how much better it was this year, and I just thought overall it looked like a, a really nice, fun time for the families. Uh, so it was pretty cool. Neat to be a part of it. I uh, haven't been able to be to many fair races uh, through the course of my my life and traveling. So um, we just I've just been to only I don't know two or three before uh, this weekend. So to get get three days back to back to back was was pretty cool. The weather was awesome too, which uh, which made it. Uh, Made it nice. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. Kirk. No, I'm just saying, man, what great racing on that uh, newly configured racetrack up at Mason City. Derek boy, Ramirez had them all boy, covered really. on Saturday night. Yeah, it really was. And he, um, you know, he kind of got, it looked like he was going to win that the race on uh, on Thursday. And it's totally different track conditions than Saturday. And Jim Chisholm got up underneath him there on a late restart, and, and Derek got shuffled back, and Chisholm got the win. But uh, he he obviously wasn't letting anybody around him with ten grand on the line there Saturday. He was he was uh, he was locked and loaded and ready to go. So yeah, he did a good job. It's, it's weird because we see him run up front all the time now, and and I, I talked to him a ton after the races. You know, he's, Todd brings the top four to the front stretch almost every single night after the races, and. Um, so I wind up talking to Derek post-race a lot, but that was his first USMTS win of the season, which is crazy because he, he went boom, boom, boom out of Nevada with the Wild West shootout and knocked off three of them real quick. And I thought, okay, this is, this, this might be his year. And, uh, turned out, you know, there've been so many different winners with the series this year. Derek really hadn't had his chance to stand in victory lane prior to Saturday night, but, uh, he, he definitely earned it. And those, and those Saturday night 50 lappers that are, they're paying 10 grand. They're just a little bit, they're just a little bit more involved. It goes into to winning those things, it seems like, every time. And, um, yeah, you can tell post-race how much it means to the, the guys that can win those 10 grounders. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Terry Phillips won on Friday night. Um, it, yep. it, it seems like that um, he's really coming into his own in the modified ranks now. Now, yeah. that, he, now, now that he's scratched the late model thing aside, right? Yeah. And, that, and that, so that win Friday was his 40th series, which is pretty cool because you don't think of Terry, you don't think of him as a guy that would have won that many over the years. But man, he used to drop in there, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, and it seemed like he would, you know, he'd, he'd reel off three or four, three, four, five a year, and would only, you know, he'd race usually less than 10 times with the series, and um, so he knocked a lot of them down there. But yeah, he's he's uh, he's doing. He's doing well. He uh, uh, is coming around to Mason City. That wasn't that wasn't one of his favorite places to race, but he's he's uh, he's he's coming around to it. He so Terry's Terry's biggest thing about Mason City and Kirk, you'll you'll understand this a whole lot better than I will even. But he really liked that big track, and Terry's kind of old school enough. He he really likes to go race on half miles and and likes to you know spread his wings out and. Uh, he really took to that one at Mason City. He liked the big track, so it, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a, uh, I don't know, just having to realize the situation of, of what happened to the racetrack for him. Yeah, if you outrun Rodney Sanders and Jake O'Neill, you've done pretty good, though, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. 
for sure. And those two guys, those two guys didn't have, you know, all things considered, they didn't have terrible weekends either, really. Uh, Chisholm and Phillips won the first two. Ramirez won the third one. But, man, those guys were – they were up in contention too um, for, for victories. So, they, yeah, just – just another good weekend, really. Crowds were good. We, we did it, so we did have some. We did have something kind of wild. Have you guys ever seen school bus races? The school bus races. Seen, seen them on TV. That's about it. Yeah. Okay, so so they got a they got a group of guys up there. Oh, I think we had eleven the first night and fourteen or fifteen the second night. But they've got a group of guys up there that take these old clapped out school buses, and they put like. 20,000 plus in their diesel engines. I mean, these are, these are guys that are just, just not afraid to go get after it. And I'm telling you, we ran two heat races and a feature each of the final two nights there. And those school bus races had the crowd roaring. And I'm telling you, I thought I didn't, I didn't have any idea. I had never seen school bus races before. I didn't know what to expect, but it was sure a, a wild thing. And it was very, um, it was very timely with the fair going on. That was a perfect support class for the, the final two nights of that race. And then they also brought in, so we ran USRA cars on, on Thursday night, but then they also brought in for Friday and Saturday, the Western Iowa non-wing sprint car series which was kind of like, and I don't, I don't know 100%, but kind of reminds me of like the Power Eye non-wing cars, the war cars, where they, they, they don't really have a, they don't have a weight rule, they don't have a tire rule, and they don't have an engine rule. Um, so it, it allowed a lot of different people to be able to contend, and they, they brought 15 cars and, and put on a great show too. So I got to see some different support class stuff this weekend, and it was super enjoyable. Yeah, this, this is cool. We're, hell, we're watching the bus races right now, just so oh, you know. The bus races were out of control. So the old boy that won, uh, he, he had a lot of smoke coming out of his motor, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. There was there wasn't a single there wasn't a single diesel engine that had death in it there. Um, but but they told me, and I don't know exactly, so I, I can't. I don't know which one to tell you that it was. But one of the old boys told me that he had over twenty five thousand dollars in his motor alone in his diesel engine. Holy cow! So the guy that so the guy that wound up in one Saturday, he's in the black school bus. I don't know if you're watching Friday or Saturday, but he wasn't there Friday. He watched online Friday, and he goes, oh, "I can run with these boys." He hauled his school bus two hours over to the racetrack Saturday, and he beat the field Saturday. And he he runs a, a diesel mechanic shop. He's a race fan, and he uh, he went in there and, and won the race Saturday. Um, and it just it just it was fun. I. I don't know. It was uh, it was something different. It had the crowd on their feet. Uh, it was kind of it was kind of old school promoting. I, I felt like, and I I really enjoyed it. It's just, the I, the I, only I problem I got with this guy who won it says "Go Hawks" on there. Uh, he's an Iowa yeah. Oh, yeah. fan. I, I that yeah, that so this, that part was, I don't like. This that, so that was a Saturday night race you were watching. <laughs> it was really it was really fun. I. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think you necessarily want to see 60 school buses go in for a night of racing, but to bring 12, 15 school buses out, run a pair of heats and an A main, and it, it was, it was neat. And what was cool about it was those guys were, they were really into what. I like what, they what did, he's wearing. You know? And a lot of them were farm kids, and um, just it was, it's what a group of friends did. And I just, 
Hats off to them. Hey, they, they did a really good job. Hey, they don't even wear fire suits in those No buses. helmet, no fire suit. He had a helmet on. He took a he helmet did, on. He did yeah, have a helmet, helmet on. Helmet. Okay. They had helmets. They had helmets, yes. But, yeah. but no fire suit. Uh-uh. No. He probably got him a no. giant extinguisher in there big enough to put the whole city out. Uh, I don't know about that. I, 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 I'd I worry about that. If it was me, I would mandate that they have to wear a fire suit, though. It looked yeah, fun. Yeah, I don't. Uh, listen, I'm not going to. There's a lot of hills I'm willing to go die on for racing. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Mandating of mandating of school bus competition is not one of them. We're watching you walk on the bus. Really fun weekend. Hey, hey listen. They, they, they did a good job. Trenton, let me let me ask you this because I know that you, you're a guy from down there in the Springfield area. Do you feel that it's time to put Larry Phillips into the NASCAR Hall of Fame? Oh, years ago, 100%. 100%. Right. Yes, without question. We're going to find out here in another really week or thought, two, right? I, I, I thought I thought it was coming. So he's. They said they said that the. Thought a little bit of confusion. So they thought when they announced him as one of NASCAR's seventy-five best, that that was also the the call for the Hall of Fame there, and people around home got got really excited about that, and it was it was a super. Not a letdown, but it was just kind of like. Here we go again, um, and I don't know when they're gonna when they're gonna make that call for the Hall of Fame. Yes, it should have already been done. And 100, percent if you're gonna say that the man's one of the 75 best people in NASCAR, how the hell is he not in the Hall of Fame? Right. Come on. I'm with you. That's that's ridiculous. Hey, I want to ask. Give him one. The other one has to come with it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally agree. But uh, they didn't ask us for our opinion. That's for sure. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think we're gonna know. The, the next class of the Hall of Fame is going to be announced here over the next uh, week or two. Do you think so he's going to get in, out. Kirk? No. No, I don't. I don't either. But, like I said, they don't ask really for our cool. opinion. What I'm going. Really cool last year, guys, and I, I, don't, I don't know how much you guys saw it or if you, if you noticed it at all, but um, we had some people from around here that, that know Dale personally. Um and, and got to Dale with a lot of these specifics on the particulars of LP's career. And he did a really nice piece on his podcast. Um, I'm not going to say he put a full court press on to, to lobby, but he, he spoke very highly of Larry Phillips and his accomplishments and, and gave the reasons that he felt like that LP deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. And I know it was really, really appreciated by a bunch of people. He w- He was the only guy – that they changed the rules about every year just so he wouldn't win the races. Yeah, NASCAR didn't really like Larry Phillips and what he was doing to their they weekly racing they program. They weren't a big fan of his. No, because no. he yeah. kept he kept circumvent. Every time NASCAR changed the rules of the national championship, he found a way to get around it. Let me, yeah. let me just tell you, we're looking at a picture of Larry Phillips on the screen right now, and every time... That um, what was the the touring series that came in and ran at, out at Lakeside? Arco, Arco series. Arco series. Every time that he would come in and run the uh, Arco series, that sportsman was cut off. That quarter panel was cut off, and you couldn't even read sportsman on sportsman it. Sportsman pickup covers. Yeah. Yeah. 
His famous sponsor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, 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 yeah. Shor- he shortened up the quarter panels on that car. Uh, I believe that those <laughs> quarter panels on that car were extended, and he made them a little bit longer to get that spoiler back there on the back of that car. It's crazy if you guys – I don't know if you guys are friends with James Ince on Facebook or not, but um, he he pretty frequently posts about things that LP taught him and about the NASCAR uh, ships the year's touring with him. Uh, he goes back, talks about statistics. And, man, I just – I get such a – I get such a thrill out of reading that stuff and seeing what a guy that became a, a Winston Cup crew chief seeing what the groundwork that LP laid for him to, to get him his career and his shot was sure cool. And, and James is super vocal about the reasons he's not in, the reasons he should, and the reasons he should be in. And, yeah, um, James, James knows uh, the whole story. That's for sure. He was there the whole oh, yeah. time. Hey, what, what year was it, Kirk, that he went undefeated out at I-70? 1992. He was 16 for 16, and he only lost one race at I-70 Speedway that year. He won. He only lost wow. one race at I seventy, and he and he won every race at Lakeside, didn't he? That's right. All right. That, I have you, never seen anybody imagine. do that at a weekly racetrack. He was the man. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I got I got to watch him race one time, and I don't I don't I was so young I don't really even remember it. Mm-hmm. I he, you know. His fans had the cowbells. He won the night going. I was there, though. The fans had the cowbells going every time he showed up. So. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it was all great. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you one thing about Saturday night's race at Mason City. Uh, there was a big incident yeah. involving Tyler Wolf. Jake O'Neill was involved there. What happened? Yeah, so I didn't really see it, and I walked over to the front stretch to Jake, and uh, he, he said that Kelly so, – so we had Kelly Schrock back this weekend, which was awesome. Uh, for Friday and Saturday. So that was nine years since he'd been to a USMTS race. That First off, I, I kind of buried the lead, I guess, talking about this weekend. That was really cool. He made the redraw Saturday night as well. But he and Tyler Wolf somehow got together. I didn't see it. Jake had nowhere to go, but it kind of screwed his nose up. So he rolls up to the front stretch, and I walked over and just kind of put my hands up, kind of what happened, and he motioned me over to the race car. And uh, then all of a sudden he kills the engine on the front stretch, and I get to ask him what happened. And I, I didn't really realize it at the time, but man, what if his car wouldn't have restarted right there? That would have been right. That would have been that would have been not good. I I don't I don't know that I don't know that that was my my best move I've ever made during the race, but I I just paid attention to what he told me. Um, but anyway, uh, that was that was the best that I was able to, to deduct from from that entire scenario. It was a strange spot to have a crash right right there in the middle of the back straightaway. And it was, it was even more odd because if you see a crash like that in the middle of one of the straightaways, they're usually, they're usually pretty destructive, and that one wasn't awful. But there wasn't a wall right there either where they were at. Yeah. Uh, this weekend you've got the K-Town Clash up at Mississippi Thunder Speedway in Fountain City, Wisconsin. Yep. Tell us about that race and what how that's going to go down. Yeah, so that, that pays – pays tribute to Casey Knutson. He was a B-Mod racer. We lost a few years ago uh, at, a, at a pretty young age, and uh, he, he raced up in that area. And uh, Mississippi Thunder, since his passing, has, has ran a memorial race for him, and, and um, it's been really well supported in the past years. And no reason to think this one won't be any different. So uh, we, we stream all the races at, at Cotton City, at Mississippi Thunder, and, and at Deer Creek, and uh, that's that's what's on the schedule there at uh, Fountain City this weekend. We've we got a bunch of races. We don't have any USMTS this weekend, 
Um, we're going to get right back after it the, the following week. But, uh, yeah, we don't have any USMTS here. We, we went pretty hard the last couple with it, so a good chance to let everybody kind of breathe and rebuild on that side of things. But, uh, yeah, we got, we got a whole lot this weekend. I uh, can't wait for the uh, big two nights at I-70 and Lakeside. You got the USMTS Bushwhacker yeah. on August the 3rd, and then the Grant Young Ann's Memorial. That's one of your big races of the year at Lakeside on August the yeah. 4th. For sure, it really is. And uh, just hoping, hoping for a good two nights of weather and racing, and I'm sure the sure the tracks will be right on point like they usually are. And, um, looking to do those two. And, and Wheatland as well. Wheatland caps the weekend on Saturday. So it's uh, going to be a little different with the USMTS going um, with one-night stops. You know, we haven't done that this year. So that's going to be uh, be a little different this season on that tour. But, yeah, yeah we're we're in the, the super hot part of the season here and uh, looking to take us a good stretch run to get us this last little bit here before we get into the fall. Yeah, and, uh, I know totally – Totally unrelated to us and anything we're doing this weekend, but just racing in general. I mean, this, to me, this weekend right here is all about the Prairie Dirt Classic and uh, what what they've built with the PDC at Fairbury and, and everything there. Yeah, um, all that lap money that, that they raise and and just what a I'm telling you, if there if there's a race to go get to, if you're listening to this and have any chance you could ever get there for the Prairie Dirt Classic, it's it might be the I don't know. I'm not going to say it's the best because that's so subjective. It's one of the very best races in the entire country. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Shepard and Bobby Pierce got people warmed up on Saturday night up at Houston Speedway for what's going to happen yeah. this weekend at Fairbury, right? Yeah. And she, Shep, uh, Shep led all those laps last year, and he got another $50,000 in lap money, which was nuts. You know, they raised all that lap money last year, and uh, Shepard, he just set out and just thought he just thought he'd go ahead and lead the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, just made a pile of money. And, yeah. Uh, so I yeah I don't know that that Houston field was kind of wild too. They uh, they had a lot of racing to do Saturday. I saw. I didn't get to watch any of it because obviously we were working, but just kind of following along best I could on Twitter. Yeah. So uh, I sure the, I sure I sure like that racetrack. I'd like to get there at some point. So the United Rebel Sprint Car Series can be racing at Dodge City Raceway Park this weekend. And uh, yep, uh, we we used to do guy out there. Yeah, yeah, that that's pretty good. And then you got the OCRS at Caney Valley Speedway this weekend as well, too, yep. right? Yep, just got a whole a whole bunch of whole bunch of just a little bit smaller scale races this weekend, but stuff we do throughout the course of the year. So yeah, just looking forward to a good weekend. Hopefully, this is one of those weekends right here, guys, where you just cross your fingers and all the technology working right right everybody gets to whatever track they need to be out on time and then all the technology works and that'll make for a great weekend so yeah um we uh we we've been we've been rolling pretty hard this weekend so the usmts crew is gonna chill just just a a little bit and uh, we got a we got a whole bunch of whole bunch of guys that are going to be doing some races in all different all different parts of the uh, the region. Hey Trenton, you're a young man. You shouldn't be tired like us old dudes. Just so you know. You, well, you, you, how how old I are ran, you? How ran, old are you now? I ran. Uh, I ran this last. So I'm going to get an oil change Thursday at eleven. And I ran this last oil change in three and a half weeks. So that's uh, 
that's that's getting up. I got a little taste of what you do, Trenton, driving nine and a half hours to Eldora Speedway and back. I, I don't do that very often, but I, I got a little taste of what you oh, yeah. do all the time. Yeah, we were. Oh, I've just, I've just become a professional truck driver is what I've become. <laughs> Over-the-road trucker. Well, yeah. you know, that's just part of the life, buddy. You know? It is. It is. And I, and I love it. And I would be. I would be so bored at the same place every weekend. It's not, I am not, I'm not wired that way. I could not go take my same, put my same blanket down in the same seat 30 times a year. God bless the people that can. That's just not for me. That's not something I'm, I'm ever, I'm not wired that way. I would never, I would never be that, that sort of person to take, take racing like that. So I don't, don't think for a second that when I tell you that I'm not, super appreciative for all the opportunities that have come our way and the people we get to work with because I'm, I'm thankful for it every single day of the week. So we, uh, we, we've been rolling good here and we got, we got a whole lot more, but we kind of get a chance to regroup here a little bit this weekend. So it's going to be nice. Yeah. Okay. Trenton, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here each week on mostly motorsports. We can't thank you enough for doing so buddy. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. I, uh, Hopefully we'll have something good to talk about next weekend. I'll keep my eye out on all the different stuff here around the country. Hey, hey, have something good for you guys. Trenton, have you ever had anybody come up and tell you that they listen to you on this show? Have you ever had anybody do that? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. I've had, I have had a few that have told me that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Glad to hear that. Yeah, that's, that's, so, that's right always in, good right news. <laughs> Hey, I can't wait to get out there and see you guys in person at I-70 and Lakeside. Those are going to be two major events. Of course, Wheatland on Saturday night. Uh, that's a rare occasion that you're going to three different tracks in three in nights weekend. because you've had all these three-day shows everywhere. That's, that is a lot of work, setting up and tearing down three times in one week. I know it, but I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I'm so thankful that we get to do them with these three. I mean, you talk about just three marquee places and they're all they're all relatively close, and I just man, what a what a what a great run that's going to be there this weekend. Yeah, or not this weekend, but but coming up. So. Yeah. All right, Trenton. Thanks so much, yep. buddy. Appreciate it. Same guys. Talk to you next week. Have all a good right. one, Trenton. There's Trenton Barry from RacingDirt.com. Uh, they they're the best at covering USMTS modifieds, and they do the Lucas Oil ASCS National Tour. They do the United Rebel Sprint Car Series. They do the OCRS, Oil Capital Racing Series, series as well. They do a good job. I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm going to be at I-70 on Friday night for the All-Stars, but Saturday night I'm going to head up to my old stomping grounds, Adams County Speedway in Corning, Iowa, for the Malvern Bank Late Model Series, East versus West, and it's the Gale and Karen Hample Memorial Race. Those were the Great people that I worked for all those years up at Corning. This will be my first trip back since went into the Hall of Fame in 2019. So looking forward to heading up to Adams County Speedway this Saturday night. Uh, man, this series was at Houston Speedway on Saturday night. And what a wild wreck. And what a wild flip that Jesse Sobbing took after oh, he was, was fighting Bill Layton for the lead. In that race, I think we might have a clip of that. And, and he got hooked. Up there. And uh, I think Bill Layton did hook, hook him. But that was about as wild a flip as you'll oh, ever see was. in a late model. Yeah, Jesse no. Sobbing able to walk away from that. But, man, what a wild wreck that was. Got up into the fence. That was pretty bad. 
That was a pretty nasty wreck. Yeah, we'll show that later when we come back. But, yeah. man, that, uh, glad he was able to walk away from that. Yeah, no doubt sure. about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing down at Nevada on August 5th. We'll be back with more here on Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods. And specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others. The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation. I was injured in an on-wing sprint car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. In the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal. Yes, Steve's death is 
the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. Kirk, you were up at uh, Iowa Speedway yesterday, and you got a, a few little sound bites we want to play, don't you? Yeah, Joseph Newgarden was the man. He swept the weekend. And, was... and he won the Indy 500, right? Yeah, the Indy 500 winner. Right. Uh, he comes to Iowa Speedway every year, and this guy's just got it figured out. He's... Got six wins at Iowa Speedway now. Mm. And he, he almost swept last year. If not, he hadn't spun around and got up into the wall. He would have swept last year's two races. Uh, but he definitely got it done this year. And after he won on Saturday, it was kind of like a, a, both races paid the same points. But he kind of treated Saturday as though it was a preliminary race because the weekend is not really complete unless you win on Sunday. And he talked about the big difference winning yesterday versus opening up the weekend by taking the checkered flag on Saturday. I would say I just felt heightened, you know, like when similar to when you haven't run a race on a normal weekend. You know, you're just heightened the night before. You're really, I'm just focused. Like I'm focused on, you know, what, what's going to be different. Like I watched probably four hours of video last night just figuring out what can be a little bit better. Uh, including the whole broadcast, you know, it's just, I just felt, you know, kind of on the chip, just ready to go. Like, it's just not done. You know, you got, it's, it's half of what the available points are. And so I felt really charged and ready to rock again. Um, but I wouldn't say that's different to a normal weekend. You know, that that's how you feel leading up to a Sunday. So you just, you get through Saturday and you would think, oh, what a, what a great achievement. And it was, but it's just not done yet. You know, you can reverse everything the next day. So now I feel I feel good about it. We're not going to be reversing anything. We we did the job, and now we can leave. Uh, that was after yesterday's race win. After Saturday, somebody asked him about lap cars, and he and a bunch of other drivers got frustrated trying to get around the lap cars. The lap cars were trying to race the that's leaders. That's part Only of racing. five cars finished on the lead Kurt, lap. Kurt, that's part of racing. Yeah. you got to deal with lap cars. I'm I'm good with that, but here's Joseph Newgarden's comments about fighting with the lap cars on Saturday. It's one thing if you're leading the race. You're leading the race, you know, it, you're really within your right. If you're you're fighting with people around you, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth place, they're all fighting. You're, you're, you're within your right to, to, you know, to fight as hard as possible. And, and I think, you know, the way the rule is written, uh, it's also legal for them to fight to the death to stay on the lead lap in front of the leader. It's, it is legal, but I can just tell you, you're not making any friends when you do it. You really aren't. And it's, it's just, I mean, there's 20 laps to go in the race and I was getting, you know, I was getting driven 
like it was literally to the death for the end of the Indy 500. Like it was just crazy. I couldn't believe the way people were mirror driving. I've never seen it that bad here. You know, normally if you're the leader, you get like you're not getting a handout, but you're at least getting the courtesy that you are the leader and you're you're about to get lapped. Okay, so like you don't have to pull over, but like just don't be aggressive and weave in front of the leader, block the leader, chop the leader like you know, there's just a point where you've got to understand that that comes back around. If you do that to someone, I'm, I'm going to fence you the next time I see you. All right, and if you're the leader the next time, I am going to do you so dirty if you did that to me. Like, it just, it's common sense. And everybody in the paddock knows it. And they're just, for whatever reason, there's people that just can't get it. And you know what? If they can't learn it by now, then they'll probably never learn. So I guess where I'm going with this, you can tell I'm frustrated by it. There's a lot of people that are. I can't change other people's behavior. So if they're going to continue to do that, I've just got to study and figure out how to counteract it because that's how they're going to play. And I'm going to assume they're going to play like that tomorrow, and I've just got to be in a better position and better equipped to handle it. Is that kind of like, like race me? That Joseph Newgarden, the race winner after Saturday's win. He sounds like a whiner, <laughs> if you want to know the truth. Well, He's whining about lap cars, and that's what you have to do. You have to race around the lap cars. That's part of racing. What doesn't he get that? I'm coming through. Get out of the way. No, it doesn't matter. Those cars are racing each other. Those lap cars are racing yeah. other cars themselves, and they don't want to lay down and roll over and let the leader go by. I, I think that is total BS, what I heard right there. And he said, uh, "If you if next time I'll put you up into the fence. That's pretty much what he said. And, and if he does that, then he should be penalized. If he if he runs somebody into the fence in an open wheel car, he should be penalized and barred from the races. I'll fence you, he said. You know what? <laughs> he wouldn't fence me. Because <laughs> I'd go down and I'd beat his ass if he did. Well, I thought, I thought you know, that was interesting comments nonetheless. Uh, you know, it, it, these were not really scintillating races. He stunk up the show. Let's just put it at that. But these cars got strung out a little bit. And, Todd, you and I have talked about the Indy 500, just what great racing we've seen at Indy. Over the, you know, yeah. lots of lead changes and I, lots of I, passes I, I, I to the saw lead. That, I saw that race, too, Kirk. We didn't. Uh, <laughs> well, no. When we've talked about the Indy 500, that is really great racing. But on this oval, uh, they got spread out too far. And well, the problem is is that they wore out their tires on that concrete surface. And that those cars were twitchy. That's asphalt, isn't it? It, 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 it? I thought it was. Iowa's asphalt. Is it asphalt? Yeah. But they wear it's got out. a little bumpy. They, they wear out the tires on it. Yeah. But here's his thoughts about, and why would he want anything to change? He's, he's got it worked out his way, but he did talk about what might make the racing better and more close at Iowa Speedway. I almost think you could put a little more downforce on the cars again. I'll just say it. I'll say it. I like it the way – I don't want anyone to change it. Okay, I'm pretty happy with it the way it is. But if you really want to help the show, I think you put some more downforce back on the cars. And, uh, you know, they're it gets strung out pretty fast here, which is fun. I love it. I mean, as a race car driver, it's a good formula. I just put more horsepower, make them deg even more. Like, that would be my request. But 
if you're trying to appease people, um, you could probably put a little bit more downforce back on, you know, close it up, and you'd still get that degradation on the, the sort of back third of a stint, um, but just keep that, you know, keep the, keep the group compressed a little bit longer into a stint is what I think we could do to maybe um, improve the show if, if that's what we're looking to do. There were just not many wrecks and not a lot of yellow flags. I think there was only like uh, two of them on Saturday. So there was not, not a lot of stoppages in the race, and it got spread out. Only five cars on the lead lap on Saturday, four cars on the lead lap yesterday. So, yeah, they I think they need to work on these cars to make the racing just a little bit better. But it was a great event. The concerts and all of that was great and uh, enjoyed my time up there for a couple of days. But they, I think they need to tweak on these race cars to make the race a little bit better. Well, let, let's move over into NASCAR. Uh, Kyle Larson was leading yesterday, and Denny, Denny Hamlin come up. and First of all, did it not look like that Kyle Larson ran um, Denny Hamlin up into the wall going down the front straightaway? Did you see that? No, I saw where uh, Denny Hamlin ran Kyle Larson up in. No, I, uh, Todd, we we've got that play, don't we? We're, I'm going to try to pull it back up. I'm right. I closed a few things out, and that one accidentally got closed. Let me try to find it real quick. All right, but he he kind of ran him up into the front straightaway wall before oh. Denny Hamlin ran. Before Kyle Denny Larson ran into him the into the wall. Yeah, yeah. What I got a problem with is Denny Hamlin, when asked about it after the race, he said, I don't know what Kyle was upset. I need to find out what he was upset about. Really? You need to find out what Kyle Larson was upset? Come on. Well, knew, it, Denny uh, Hamlin uh, uh, knew let me, what he let did. Me, let me tell you, there was a little payback going right on right there. Because I know for a fact, if you look at it, if you see Denny Hamlin – he does run him up into the wall, but on the front straightaway, it looked like he kind of moved him up into the wall a little bit as well. Of course, we've all forgotten about the the incident between Hamlin and Larson at Kansas Speedway where Larson uh, got into uh, – or there Hamlin go. got into Larson to win that race at Kansas. Right there is where it is. Right there is where the contact that Scott's talking about, Kirk. Yeah. Here you go. Yep. It's right here. Look, 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 look. Run him right up into the wall, didn't he, Kirk? Back that up a little bit. Now, now look, when, look. When he, was that? He run him into the wall. Right here. When was that? Right before, right before Denny put him back in the wall, see? Boom. Now, now run then. him up into the wall, Kirk. Did you see that? He ran him into the wall. I did see that. Yeah. I mean, That's the first time I've seen and that. So that's why Denny run him up into the wall. But nobody's talking that, about that, are they? No. I haven't heard anybody talk about that. Well, no, but he, but he did run him into the he wall. He did right there. I right. didn't see this race live, so I heard it on the radio. I listened listen to at it him. on the radio. He, he pushed him right up into the wall. <laughs> Look at it. Look right here, Kirk. No, I, I, I see it. You're right. I did not see that one. So that's why Denny Hamlin retaliated. So Denny comes back right here and says, "I'll give it to you in the corner." Right. You 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 want it? I'll give it back to you. I mean, the cameras wasn't on that, you know, when they played that. That was a replay camera, obviously, you know, when we saw that, the first one. And this was a live camera. And there's there, this is after that. Yeah. Hamlin ran 
Larson up in. He didn't hit him nearly as hard as. And Larson tried to run him down the track too. He, he did. He chased after. Yeah. Him. He chased after him for a while. Yeah, he did. But there was too much damage on his car. Yeah, it was a, like you said that race. But you know what? Denny Hamlin walked away with the trophy when it was all over. So yeah, and the money, the and, and that, the money, and the yeah. booze, and the seven seven wins at Pocono. That's a lot of. He got out holding the big seven up. So, yeah, I found that wreck, Scott. I don't want to show it. I can show you guys. I don't want. Uh, Alex Bright was involved yeah. in a terrible wreck uh, at Kokomo can, last can night. Can we show? I don't want to show it on TV. I'll show you guys, and then you decide. I don't want to be the one to play this because it's it's not good. It's a bad wreck. Um, just watching him after the wreck is not good. So I don't. You can comment on it. Oh, I'm, oh my gosh! I'm not going to comment on what I see him going on, but something's not right with the oh, seat he, belt. He, he was knocked out. Yeah, his arms are hanging out of the car. Yeah, he's knocked out. Now, uh, Alex Bright is recovering from uh, suffered lung contusions. Yeah, and a broken wrist after that. He, he, he brutal he, accident at uh, at. Actually, that was at Lawrenceburg Speedway. Yes, sir. Last night. All right, Todd. Just put, at Lawrenceburg. Put it up there. All right. All right. I want people to see this. This is last night, Lawrenceburg Speedway. Uh, oh my gosh, that was horrible, flip. man. They had to cut him out of the car. Yeah, he was bouncing around in there way too much for me. I don't understand. He is completely knocked out right there. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. Alex Bright is going to be okay. He put a uh, put a tweet out last night. He said, lung contusions and broken wrist, little beat up and bruised, will be back once I'm healed up, a.k.a. not this week. Not this week. So that's week. what Alex Bright put out. <laughs> but, you know, at Kokomo, we were talking about Kokomo, there was another uh, bad wreck that, Mitchell Moles was involved in it and sheared off the whole front end of the race car. Did you see that when he got up into the no, front stretch fence? No, I didn't fence? see that one. That was a bad wreck. Hmm. He was able to walk away from that okay, but this one was really scary. And this is the same racetrack we lost a driver earlier in the year at uh, Lawrenceburg Speedway, if you remember. Uh, and Alex Bright uh, is going to be okay after this. But, yeah, scary wreck. Uh, Justin Grant won last night's race. Proving once again, sprint car racing is the most dangerous form of sprint, uh, of dirt track racing. Yeah. Would you agree, Kurt? I would agree with that. Uh, last night, Robert Ballou took a pretty wild flip at Lawrenceburg Speedway, too, and he was able to walk away from that. A little bit of a hole down there in turns three and four that he got into that uh, was a pretty scary deal there, too, so. Uh, Indiana Sprint Week in full bore right now after uh, Justin Grant's win uh, last night. And uh, we had some pretty good races over the weekend. Did you watch a lot of those races? I did. I watched a, a ton of them this weekend right here in the studio. C.J. Leary winning on Saturday night at Kokomo Speedway, he flipped his car last night. He was another guy that flipped. C.J. Leary got upside down last night at, at Lawrenceburg Speedway. But uh, after getting upside down at Gas City on Friday night, they worked all night to get a car ready to go for Saturday night's race at Kokomo. And C.J. Leary was able to come up with the win there. Right. Um, Skylar G. picked up his second win. It was a 4-10 win at Fremont. And Cody Swanson picks up the win at Winchester with the Silver Crown 
the USAC Silver Crown cars. Did you see that, Kurt? Yeah. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So some pretty good action. Over and the and how about how about Zach Dom past Jade Avedisian uh, in the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series for the win this weekend? And Jade Avedisian winning big in the uh, in the non-wing or the midget cars after that, outrunning Zach Dom. Mm. So uh, Jade Abadesian able to pick up a win this weekend. Uh, Zach Dom was second and third place to to Taylor Reimer. Right. So the two 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 ladies finished on the podium. On uh, uh, C.J. Leary won at Kokomo. Did you see that? I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what we just talked about. C.J. Leary, and then they, after they worked all night, after getting upside down at Gas City on Friday night, they were able to. Yeah, I don't think he got any sleep at all. Got that car ready to go and won at Kokomo. But then flipped it again last night at Lawrenceburg. Yeah. So Bright's car owner is parking the car while Alex recoups. Yeah, we wish uh, Alex all the best. So next up on the uh, Indiana Sprint Week is tonight at Circle City Raceway. That's right in Indianapolis. Terre Haute will be on Wednesday night, Thursday night at Putnamville, Friday night at Bloomington, and as usual, Hobstep to close out Indiana Sprint Week on Saturday. Yeah, no doubt. All right, thanks everybody for tuning oh, in. To, yeah, one well, more thing. Yeah. We got some uh, the XR Super Series late models are in action both tonight and tomorrow night. So uh, they'll be in action at Off-Road Speedway. In, uh, where is Off-Road Speedway? I don't know where that's at. So that, that, That's in Nebraska, is it not? I, I, I don't know where it's at, Kirk. Norfolk, Nebraska. Tonight and tomorrow night, they're paying five grand tonight and $100,000. Tomorrow night. How about that? And there's a high limit race tomorrow night, too, isn't there? Yeah, the high limits are back in action this weekend. Or this, tomorrow night. Right. And I didn't have that one pulled up. And and I believe um, that race. Kyle Larson's going to be driving the 57 car there tomorrow He'll be night. there tomorrow night. Yeah. Grandview Speedway out in Pennsylvania tomorrow night. Don't miss it. So Flow Racing will be uh, carrying that action. And then after that, August 1st at Kokomo for the High Limit Series. They've been off for a while. I think the last race they ran was at Eagle, Nebraska, back in early It it was a long time ago. Uh, June 6th was when that race was, so they've been off for a while. So High Limit Series back in action tomorrow night at Grandview Speedway. I think uh, Marie's going to Grandview. That'll be cool. Yeah. You know who does well at Grandview Speedway? You know, we haven't seen Tammy on here lately. Tammy hadn't been on here for a where while. Where are you, Tammy? Yeah, where where you at, Tammy? You know who always says well at Grandview Speedway? Mm. Rico Abreu. Yeah. I expect him to uh, be the man to beat tomorrow night. Of course, mm-hmm. Kyle Larson, he's won, he's won several of these most uh, recent of the High Limit Series. But I'm looking for Rico to wave the checkered flag tomorrow night at Grandview. Um, Maurice says, no, I'm not going. My sons are. So that would be good. 
All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod End Supply, feature the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Again, they'll be racing down at Nevada Speedway, just about 100 miles from Kansas City. Get, just drive down 71 Highway, or it's 49 now, isn't it? It's 49. Interstate. Way, it's, it's still it's It's, it's both still 71, 71 to yeah. me. Yeah. It's technically both 71 and Interstate 49. They, they don't call it 40. They call it 49 now. Well, you can call it whatever you want. Yeah, but I call it 71. 71 Highway. Yeah, that's what it is. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you all next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. industrial farming equipment or a race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rod we don't just sell them we race them rod serving the racing community for over 30 years